Hey, hockey moms, check out bluelinehockeyclub.com for all the past and future podcasts. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by... Tovey Hockey has designed, tested, and developed a new carbon composite hockey stick that will change the way you play the game of hockey forever. The Tovey Hockey Diamond Air Blade Hockey Stick is no ordinary stick or copycat repack technology. Hockey has never seen anything like this before. This patented, outside-the-box approach to blade design with its perforated cross-beam construction significantly increases swing speed. Built using 100% carbon fiber, we have eliminated the flimsy foam core for enhanced durability and a much larger sweet spot. This amazing hockey stick yields the most amazing feel and puck control ever seen in the game of hockey, guaranteed. Feel the future. Check out their webpage at tobyhockey.com and use coupon code INTROTOBY20 for an immediate 20% discount. That's tobyhockey.com and coupon code INTROTOBY20 for an immediate 20% discount on this amazing new technology. Hey-o, welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club. We have episode 54 tonight. We have the usual suspects sitting in with us. We have our producer, Patrick Uncle Lardy Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And the all-around sports guru, the guy that we go to for all our sports news, Derek D-Train. He too. What's up, D-Train? What's up, Sweeno? And our local nerd IT guy, Robbie Pete Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how's your mom and them? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark the Dr. Morley. Oh, doctor. And tonight we have a very special guest sitting in with us tonight, a legend, one of the best in the business, Bob McKenzie. How are we doing, Bob? Excellent, boys. How are you doing tonight? Good, good. Right. Thanks for coming yeah. on, Bob. Hey, no problem, though. i got a question for you before we get going. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> so, so the Blue Line Club, right? Now, yeah. does that mean that you guys actually are in the actual Blue Line Club that Drinks beers between periods of St. Lawrence hockey games in the parking lot. We are official. We're official. Bingo. Everybody, anybody, you guys have like beer responsibilities? You bring the van with the beer in it? Robbie's Robbie's puked out there before. (laughs) That was a little more information than we needed. (laughs) That's exactly it, though, Bob. The Blue Line Hockey Club. That's how I got my wings, Bob. Yeah, so that, that's a good topic to touch on right now, Bob. Uh, right now, they're tearing the outside of Appleton apart and getting ready for renovations. Yeah, big news over at St. Lawrence uh, in the last couple of weeks with the refacing of Appleton and, you know, the controversy of people wanting to keep the bleachers, not keeping the bleachers, you know, and keeping – they've decided to keep the old atmosphere, and you've been in that barn, and, um, you know, so that's the direction they're going. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Uh, and obviously, tough times from the St. Lawrence hockey program and uh, the coaching staff's just getting fired, but uh, obviously the program wasn't where it needs to be. It's kind of sad for all the alumni to, to see it uh, not be as, as good as it was. And uh, But the uh, the Appleton refacing and renovations, I just saw some pictures online today. As a matter of fact, I was looking at it. That was very cool. And, uh, you know, I, I when I first heard about it, I was like, ooh, I, I don't know. I'm kind of old school. I, I, I liked uh, everything about it. But obviously... There should be a way that you can upgrade it and modernize it without 
losing the charm and um Man, those—that's like a church to me. Those uh, those bench seats are pretty special, <laughs> and just the the amount of wood that's in there and how cool it is. And uh, from the moment I first walked in there with my son Mike, um, when he was there on a visit uh, a few years before he actually attended St. Lawrence, um, he looked at me, I looked at him, and he said, "This is the place I want to play." Awesome, special place. We we grew up in that in that barn, so special place for all of us. I heard you grew up in the hoot owl, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was when we were a little bit older, hanging out with uh, Dan O'Fay, um, great guy. Another local guy that we want to give a shout out to is uh, Tim Phelan. Uh, we appreciate him get us connecting with you tonight, and um, you know, appreciate you coming on the show for sure. Twists in your arm a bit. Well, uh, <laughs> he's quite an interesting guy, Hutchie is. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I've got other names for him, but for him, I'll ask. Must allow that I uh, I don't use them here. So, but uh, no, uh, the Phelans are awesome. Love Canton. Loved our experience uh, through all of that. And now you got uh, maybe some Mark the big wheels up in Alaska. So, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> quite a group. So, Bob, what do you think about the uh, the coaching changes going into this um, the off season for St. Lawrence? They obviously got rid of all the coaching staff this time instead of just the head coach and. They came out with a preliminary list of coaches, um, very preliminary. But um, what do you think the, the changes need to be in that culture in the locker room there? Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know who's on the list or, or what have you. I, I just saw the, I just saw the uh, the, the, the release and the note that uh, I believe that Bob DeRocher puts out, uh, just saying the search is on and they've, they've got a, a list that they're working from. But I didn't know of any of the names that were necessarily on it or off it, but um, obviously it's a, it's a unique position. You know, it's a, it's it's D3 for all the other sports except for men's and women's hockey, so the hockey program is really important there. And, um, you know, I've got an incredible soft spot for it with my son Mike having played four years there and being as closely attached to it as, as I was in the time that I spent with Joe Marsh and, and uh, Chris Wells and Bob Pryor and uh, – and all the guys there. So it's, um, I, I just hope they get it right. And, um, you know, they, they obviously had a real good coach in, in Greg Carville, um, who's now going to be in the frozen four with, with UMass and has done an amazing job there. So hopefully they can get somebody who's, uh, who's really good and can kind of restore the luster to the program because, you know, it was always a small school and it always kind of had that underdog mentality. But uh, I know when, when Joe coached the team, and, and Wellesley and DP were there. They, they really relished that um, that feeling of being the underdog. And they, and I and I know just talking to Mike and talking to the guys that play he played with, they used to love going into places like Michigan or BU and and, and the, you know the big name schools that had all the prestige and uh, and go in and really try to to shock them and and physically overpower them a little bit because St. Lawrence teams tended to be older, more physically mature and. And yeah, some of those other schools had the the, the high-profile 18-year-old freshman that every school in the country wanted to get. But there was a lot to be said for the, the team approach and playing as hard as, as St. Lawrence did. So that was kind of their calling card. Bob, I know you said you know you didn't have any you know inside information or anything on who you think uh, might be in line there. But do you have anybody in mind you think would be a good fit, knowing the program the way you do? Or no, you know, off the top of my head, I. I don't know who'd be interested or or who wouldn't. Um, you know, the I, 
the first thing you always think of in college hockey, I guess, and I don't follow as closely now as I did when Mike was playing there, obviously. Um, and I still follow it, obviously, work-related um, in, in the bigger picture, who some of the college free agents are and, and kind of cursory look at who's in the frozen floor and what's going on. But you always start, in, is, there, is there alumni? Is there somebody who's been part of the program in a, um, that would want to come back and, and be involved with it? So that's, um, that would be first and foremost, I guess. But off the top of my head, I'm, I'm not sure who fits into that category, to be honest. Yeah, sounds good. We had Jamie Baker on last week, and we were kind of giving him a little shit about putting his name in the hat, but he, he told us he wasn't going to let us know if he was putting his name in quite yet. So you never know. Might be some alumni coming out of the woodwork. Well, listen, like, you know, it, it, Jamie's got a pretty good gig doing what he's doing in San Jose <laughs> and, and uh, what have you. But, you know, there's a guy that's uh, in, in, in Jamie's story, which has been highlighted here in the last month or two with all the, the issues that he's had to deal with in his personal front and his mental health. Um, yeah, just a, an amazing night. And I talked to him after all that came out and, and that. But a guy like uh, a guy like Jamie would be fantastic. But I, I suspect uh, he's pretty happy doing <laughs> what he's doing. Although he'd know that better than anyone. It's warmer over there in San Jose too. <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah, we sure. Mind you, it's it's a cost of living's a lot higher too. <laughs> yeah, right. a lot higher. Northern California is not cheap. Silicon Valley is not cheap. North Country, I was getting living in the North Country for not a lot of money. Yeah. One of my favorite stories, one of my favorite stories at the Hoodall, I always tell people this story, is we, um, there was a bunch of us going in there after a game one night or whatever. There, were, there was a lot of us, you know, 15, 16. And so we, people started ordering like this beer, that beer, this drink, that drink. And, and I thought, this is kind of, this is kind of stupid. So I just went to the guy behind the counter and I said, can we just buy like a case of beer and just put it on the counter and just take it? And he goes, yeah, sure. No problem. And I go, he goes, you want 24? You want 30? I go, yeah, give us 30. So <laughs> he sends one of the guys, he sends one of the guys, go, go downstairs to the cooler and get a 30 rack. So the guy brings it back up and sets it on the counter. And, uh, and so I go, what do I owe you? And the guy says, that'll be like 27 bucks. And I go, 27 bucks. <laughs> the guy looks at me and he goes, Hey man, don't look at me. I don't set the prices. <laughs> he thought I was complaining. <laughs> There's no place on earth cheaper to drink. <laughs> yeah, next time, next time I go to the Huda, that's why I'm buying the beer. Dollar blues. Well, Bob, we have one of the best uh, hockey analysts on the show with us tonight, and we, uh, we'd love to talk some playoff hockey with you. Obviously, there's only like two games left for most of the teams, very close, close wild card races going on in, in the East, and we'd just like to hop into a little bit of that and, and get your take on all of it. Sure. Fire away. All right. Well, why don't we start out in the, uh, in the East Conference and, and uh, just talk a little bit about the Carolina, Columbus, and, and Montreal race. Obviously, uh, you know, that's – that's pretty much, you know, the last two games are going to decide who's going to the playoffs. And Montreal's just been right there all year. And, um, you know, same with Carolina turning around with a bunch of jerks. And uh, what do you think about that race? Well, it, it's interesting. And I guess the first question I should ask you, so we're, we're taping this on Wednesday night, April the 3rd. If it doesn't <laughs> run for a couple of days, and I give yeah. you all this analysis on what was supposed to happen, you know, like, I'm here, I might, but nevertheless. <laughs> So, you know, I thought Columbus was really in the driver's seat and then losing as badly as they did to the Bruins this past Tuesday. 
Um, boy, oh boy. I mean, you win five in a row. You're there. You control your own destiny. And then you not only lose, but you lose 5 nothing to the Bruins on a night when both Carolina and Montreal win. And suddenly you're right back in the soup again, and, and Carolina's ahead of you. And, uh, and, and Montreal's tied with you, although you've got the tiebreaker with Montreal. And, and so I don't know what to make of the Blue Jackets. I, I assume they'd, they'd be free and clear of this right now and that it would come down to Montreal and Carolina. But, boy, oh, boy, I guess we'll see what happens in the game Friday night against the Rangers and Saturday against Ottawa. I mean, the schedule lines up for them. They're two road games, but, you know, the Rangers are not playing great hockey right now. And Ottawa's actually playing some some pretty good hockey, even though they're the worst team in the league. I mean, it doesn't make sense to say that, but it's true. Yeah. Would you say Columbus has underperformed a little bit? They got a, quite a talented roster. Well, ever since the trade deadline, I mean, it's like they got paralyzed. They they were doing pretty well, and then they decided, okay, we're not going to trade Panera, we're not going to trade Bobrovsky. We're going to add Duchesne, we're going to add Dezingle, we're going to add McQuaid, we're going to go for it. And they promptly go into the tank, and, and they just look like they, you know, you hate to use the CH word in hockey. No one ever likes to hear the word choke. But it just looked like they were paralyzed and they choked up a little bit um, at a time when, you know, some people think they're a lot closer to the Pittsburgh or the Islanders or Washington than they are Carolina or Montreal. But here they are fighting for their playoff life. Yeah. Bob, besides, you know, Tampa's the favorite to win the Eastern, who, who do you think's the second favorite team to uh, win the Eastern Conference? Well, I think um, – I think we're probably uh, looking at a toss-up between Boston and Washington. Washington, of course, the defending cup champs. And uh, even though they lost Michael Kempe for the rest of the year with that torn hamstring that required surgery, still a really good team. And when the bell starts for the playoffs, I think they, they, they just might amp things up there. And this Boston team really intrigues me because they've had so many injuries over the course of the year that um, it's uh, – They've done very, very well, and they play Tampa really hard. And so I think they're right in the. I think those two teams are right in the same class with Tampa, even though Tampa's kind of running head from from everybody as far as regular season point totals go. Bob, I'm curious, yeah. what do you think of the Islanders and Barry Trotz getting back into the playoffs this year? Well, it's pretty amazing because when they lost Tavares, everybody assumed that right, it was going right. to be a long, painful rebuild, and. Uh, and Lou Lamarillo went in and immediately hired Trotz, and uh, and and they and they brought in a bunch of players that you know people were kind of chuckling about, a Leo Komarov and Matt Martin to go with guys like Sezikis and Clutterbuck, and it, it it looked a little bit like they were constructing a whole team of fourth liners there, and and you know the old guys that are good in the room that play hard, but you know people didn't like their courtesy numbers or whatever, but Barry Trotz has managed to mold the whole thing, and obviously the. The, the high-end guys, Matthew Barzell is a hell of a hockey player. Um, Anders Lee, who's an unrestricted free agent. Jordan Eberle, who's an unrestricted free agent. Brock Nelson, who's an unrestricted free agent. In spite of the fact that these all could have been distractions with their contracts, Barry Trotz managed to pull the whole thing together and has done an amazing job. And if John Cooper doesn't win Coach of the Year, then Trotz will. It kind of gives yeah. me the, the Vegas feel, like you said, pulling together the fourth liners. No? Yeah, I don't think. This is, yeah, no, I, I think I think I think Vegas is. Um, Gerard Gallant did a great job with that last year, and they continue to do that. And and I think Barry Trotz understands that uh, on a team that just lost John Tavares and kind of lost its identity, yep. that you've got to have all the oars in the water. And uh, 
first line, fourth line, and everybody's got to be pulling in the same direction. Yeah, to me, it, just when I look at the, the list of who actually uh, painted out in the playoffs, the Islanders stand out on that uh, Metropolitan to me. Yeah, it could, but I'll tell you what, Washington is going to be a real tough out. Pittsburgh, you, you know, I don't know what to make of them. They're still, they still haven't even, uh, as of right now, they haven't clinched a playoff spot yet. And, uh, you know, everybody assumes they'll get that third divisional spot and play the Islanders in the first round. Mm-hmm. But so they're starting to get healthier. I see Malkin looking like he's ready to go here. Chris Letang's in a non-contact jersey in practice. But, you know, they've had a lot of injuries and inconsistency this year in Pittsburgh. Yeah, speaking of John Tavares, um, I believe the Bruins and the, and the Leafs are going to be playing in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a t- tough pull for the Bruins, don't you think? I mean, aren't you uh, from a Toronto yourself? You must have some some ties to that. Yeah, I live, in, I live in Toronto, but I don't really care one way or the other about the, the Leafs <laughs> or any team for that matter. I, I stopped being a fan a long time ago. Um, unlike Tim Phelan, who lives and dies with everything he's done. <laughs> So um, Tim said you had a uh, tattoo of the Maple Leafs on your back. (laughs) No, that does not happen at all. (laughs) However, he does. He's got a towel that he called his crying towel. And uh, (laughs) and being a Leafs fan, he's had to use it a lot. So in any case, um, you know, a lot of people in Toronto don't like this, uh, this playoff format simply because you know, the Leafs with, well, right now, as of this game, and they got Tampa on Thursday night, but as of right now, they got 99 points. They're one of the top five or six teams in the National Hockey League, and they've got to play arguably the second or third best team in the first round of the playoffs. That's the divisional format. There's not much you can do second consecutive year. And, and, the, and, and from Boston's perspective, they're like, okay, well, would it be nice with us being the second or third best team in the entire league to play somebody who's not in the top five or six in the league? Would it be nice to get a softer touch in the first round? And if you do win, then if Tampa doesn't get upset in the first round, then you got to play the best team in the league. So potentially you have a, a situation where the two very best teams in the league might meet each other in the second round of the playoffs. It doesn't seem right. But the National Hockey League's committed to it, at least for another year anyway. And um, I, I didn't love the, the playoff format when they brought it back in. I was a, a one versus eight, two versus seven guy reseed. But I think the league likes the bracketing. Um, it makes for better marketing, I guess. And quite frankly, on the Western Conference, there are a bunch of general managers and coaches who like the fact that you are more likely to play in your own division and the travel gets cut way down for those Western teams. So there are practical reasons for it. Yeah, yeah, I see they ex- extended that for uh, another year, and uh, the NHL was saying the main reason was uh, because of the travel. But uh, I- I'm with you, Bob. I like the one versus eight, you know, two versus seven. I'd love to see them go back to that. Yeah. All right, let's transi- transition over to the West, Pat. And, um... uh, well, you know, it's it's been up and down. You know, Winnipeg and Nashville has, you know, pretty much been the top team in the Central I know Minnesota just finally, uh, you know, they don't have a chance now of getting in. But who's your favorite out there in the West? Uh, you like Calgary or? Um, you, know, you know what? It's really weird. The West is wide, wide, wide open. And, yeah. and I mean, Calgary's the best team over there based on a 107-point season. But because Calgary doesn't have much playoff history in the last number of years, um, and because their goaltending has been hot and cold this year, and, you know, 
they're one of the teams that really uses two goaltenders a lot. I mean, Mike Smith has played real well at times, and then Smith dropped the ball. But David Riddick has come in and played real well at times, but then he's dropped the ball. But between the two of them, they obviously did something right because you don't get 107 points with terrible <laughs> right. goaltending. But going into the playoffs, people are going to say, oh, well, can you get by with two goalies? And are these guys good enough? So there's going to be a lot of skeptics on Calgary, even though they're full value for having been the best team over the course of the regular season. But, I mean, San Jose's goaltending has been terrible lately, and they've really yeah. struggled of late. Um, Vegas, you know, Mark andre Fleury's been injured. He's going to be coming back. Um, and everybody assumes that he's just going to do exactly what he did last year. Maybe Vegas is the team to beat because of that. But keep in mind, too, there was all those years in Pittsburgh where Fleury was great during the regular season and then didn't play well at all in the playoffs. And just because he was A++ in the playoffs last year doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen again this year. It could. And if it does, then, you know, Vegas arguably is the, the team to beat because adding Stone at the deadline and picking up Pacioretty in the trade and Fastney in free agency, they've really reconstructed their whole second line and uh, it's real dangerous and they've got a lot more offensive depth. But, you know, the, the, the thing about the West that's amazed me is how the Central Division's really kind of gone up for grabs. Winnipeg's really struggled down the stretch here, haven't played good well at all. Nashville haven't been dominant at all. And there's St. Louis creeping back into the picture. And that thing's wide open. I mean, any one of those three teams could win the division. Any one of them could end up in second or third. So that, you know, what St. Louis has done, I think they were at one point in, in the early in the new year, they were in last place overall in the National yeah. League. And yeah. now, now they got a chance of winning the division. Yeah. Great. It, it's tough out there in the West. It's tough to say. You're right. So for me, I'm, I'm looking at just the numbers and on paper, you know, the Avalanche and the Sharks have a good distribution of points across players. So, you know, to me, I'm watching Colorado as the wild card, you know, possibly coming into their stride and, and doing well. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. If they can get, as long as they can stay healthy, they land has been out, Ranton has been out, but they're rounding back into form. McKinnon's one of the best players in the league. Mm-hmm. They've been getting some exceptional goaltending of late from uh, Philip Grubauer, and and that's essential because a lot of the time this year between Semyon Varlamov and, and Grubauer, they weren't getting the goaltending they needed, and they didn't have enough offensive depth, especially when injuries hit. But, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if they'll, they'll get there quick enough because the Frozen Four is, is later this year. But, uh, boy, oh, boy, would Kale McCarr from UMass if, uh, if he turns pro after the Frozen Four in Colorado is still playing, what might he add to the team? He's been really dynamic. He's clearly been the best player in college hockey this year, and I think he wins the Obie Baker going away uh, pretty easily here. Yeah, with that said, Bob, what does Colorado look like next year, do you think, when Kale's on the team? Oh, yeah, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a huge add for them there. I, you know, a lot of people are speculating that if McCarr comes in, then maybe Tyson Berry could be traded and They've talked in the past about trading Barry, but they haven't. But he's played very well this year. Um, you know, don't forget, too, they've, they've got Ottawa's first pick, and they've got an 18.5% chance of getting the first overall pick in the draft this year. And Jack Hughes, um, the likely number oh, one guy, you, you, could you imagine if, if Colorado yeah. ends up with Hughes? And, and even if they don't, they're still going to end up with an Ottawa's pick going to be no worse than number four overall. So they're going to get a real good player, whether it's Hughes or Capo Caco or the Silly Pod Colson or any of the big three Canadians, uh, Kirby Dock or Dylan Cousins or 
Owen Byram or any of the three big Americans, Alex Turcotte or Matthew Boldy or um, Trevor Zegras and, and uh, you know, you got guys like Cole Caulfield who have been shooting the lights out at the U.S. under-18 program. So Colorado's going to end up with two real good hockey players from this first round. And you don't want to put too much pressure on any 18-year-old to make a big impact right away. But this all just, you, you add McCarr, you add two guys uh, in the early part of this first round, and Colorado's going to get real good in a hurry. Yeah, definitely. So, Bob, with all that said, who wins the cup this year? <laughs> well, if you knew anything about me, you'd know I don't make predictions. So there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, I was you put money Hutchie, who's who's going to win the cup, and he's going to tell you Toronto, and uh, he'd probably be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's a that's a good rundown of the, the NHL playoffs, and really appreciate your analysis of that. Um, it's great for our listeners to have you on um, to hear the hockey news. And just uh, we'll touch on the Frozen Four real quick before we, we let you go. Uh, my alma mater, UMass, is making it to the Frozen Four for the first time. Obviously, we've got a Canton guy coaching for them. You know, so there's a lot of people in, in this North Country pulling for UMass. And, um, you know, like you said, they have the top player in the country um, playing for them. So they've beaten their last two opponents for nothing. Do you think they're the favorite coming into that? Or what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think they are. You know, I I don't. I haven't followed the college game closely enough this year to know what the other competitions like. And you get into a one-game winner-take-all. One team goes home, uh, semifinal, and then final. And uh, and anything can happen. But uh, it's uh, you know they get the best player in the country. They might have the best team in the country. And uh, and so for Greg Carville, a Canton guy, that's got to be pretty exciting. So. Uh, We'll see what happens at the Frozen Four for sure. It's in Buffalo, uh, not too far from from where I live, so um, I'd like to sneak down and see some of it, but probably going to be tough with the Stanley Cup playoffs on and, and the Frozen Four going up against the, uh, the playoffs this year. All right, cool. That's one last thing. I know you're up in Canada. It's been pretty big news uh, with the CWHL um, folding this, this week, and um, what have you been hearing about that? Well, it's really unfortunate because I think it's really important for for young girls in Canada and the United States to have as many outlets as possible where they can play at a high level. Um, but, I mean, uh, the CWHA didn't think that they had a viable and economically sustainable model going there, so they shut her down, and now there's just one league, and that probably makes more sense, the NWHL, and they're going to add Toronto and Montreal. But um, we'll see how that goes here over the next little while, and... Um, you know, a lot of people ultimately think the NHL needs to get involved, but as long as there's an existing league right now, the NHL is not going to do much more than support, give some financial support to the NWHL, be $100,000. It was 50 to the NWHL and, and 50 to the CWHL, but now it'll be 100 to the NWHL. And some people think the league should give more than that, and maybe they should, but the league doesn't want to give a lot of money to a league where they don't really have any say or input or control over how the business practices are unfolding. So um, maybe ultimately down the road, if the NWHL doesn't make a go of it, um, the league will, will create its own version of the WNBA, um, or maybe the NWHL, now that the CWHL is gone, will start to flourish more and uh, it will become more uh, sustainable and, and, and grow. But in any case, whatever happens, there, there needs to be a, a place for young girls and women to uh, play the game at a really high level and, and the women's hockey is 
growing by leaps and bounds. And my, my buddy Wellesy, Chris Wells at St. Lawrence University, of course, he was an assistant coach with uh, the men's team when my son Mike played there, but then he switched over to the, uh, to the women's team. And, uh, and he's done an amazing job there with that program. And St. Lawrence is one of the better women's programs in the United States and, uh, and U.S. college hockey. So um, let's hope for the best for women's hockey at all levels. Amen on that. Awesome. Yeah. We appreciate all the info, Bob. Do you want to give us an update before you go on your pet fox out back? Or? It was there again today. It's, uh, wow. it's, it's there every day. <laughs> it just sleeps in the garden all day. <laughs> I was going to go out and ask if it would uh, sign with the Carolina Hurricanes, but apparently uh, it's not happening right now. So. Awesome. Great podcast. And, um, Bob, you have your own podcast, so we appreciate you coming on ours and supporting us. And um, we've been checking out Bob, Bobcast. So um, keep up the good work with that. And uh, we look forward to watching you on uh, TV and stuff as well. And appreciate you coming on and taking the time to talk to the Blue Line Hockey Club. Excellent, guys. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. And um, I, I like to give uh, Tim Phelan a hard time because um, he deserves it. But aside from that, I want to thank Thank him for hooking me up with you guys. And uh, the next time we're at the Hoot Owl, all the drinks are on Tim. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> $27. Perfect. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> all right, Thanks, boys. Bob. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thanks. You too. Have a good night. All right. We're going to get into the first intermission break for Blue Line Hockey Club. We have Tovi Hockey, Tovi Hockey. Get on their website, tovihockey.com. Um, the new revolution in hockey sticks, and uh, you can get 20% off if you use their promotion code Intro Tovi 20 um, for immediate 20% off your next Tovi stick. Um, it is something that we've never seen before in the game of hockey, and if you haven't checked it out, you need to get on tovihockey.com. It's a pretty cool stick, and uh, we have them over here at Blue Line Hockey Club. And stay tuned on our Facebook and Twitter because we're going to give away some free Tovi sticks very soon. All right, so check it out. All right, boys, Bob McGee, his insight on his analysis of the playoff hockey and hockey in general right now, what's going on. You know, there's nobody better to talk and analyze hockey than uh, to speak with Bob. So that was a special, special guest for the Blue Line Hockey Club. Definitely appreciate his coming on with a bunch of knuckleheads, huh? So we appreciate that. That was an honor. Um, it was pretty cool, you know, to talk to somebody who you look to for, you know, when you're looking for hockey, when we're looking for hockey information, we look, you know, I look, listen to him. So it's pretty awesome to have him on. Yeah, one of the best in the business and uh, great insight. Yeah, it's uh, funny how far those Canton contacts just uh, go out there, you know, as far as like, you know, the Phalens and the, the, the Flanagans that we've had on and all these hockey people that come, came from the small town of Canton, New York, um, and how many people they're connected to out there in the hockey world. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, but definitely, we want to definitely just say thanks to Bob McKenzie for taking the time to talk to four guys that are uh, trying to, trying to succeed in the same business that he's in so we look up to him and uh it's it, he always has a lot of great information and we just we really appreciate it thank you bob and uh thanks tim Fallon again for twisting the arm a bit yeah meow <laughs> so good podcast guys i just uh on the record i do like st louis they're playing their best hockey in the west right now pat's got the shirt on tonight so he's been watching the same stuff i'm watching uh, they're the team to watch in the West. Um, if you watched anything, their win percentage in the last month is better than any other team in the West. So that's uh, that's going to be a good fight out there. And I'm glad that Bob mentioned that. And uh, we have two games left in the season, some teams with three. 
So next week when you tune in, we will have the whole playoff picture set and we'll be getting into the playoffs. Um, so we'll have a lot of great hockey talk playoffs. in the next few weeks, the next couple playoffs. months until the, until the Stanley Cup. Uh, make sure you're getting onto our, our website. We have all of our podcasts on there, all 54 of them. If you want to check out something that we did, you know, 50 weeks ago, you can check it. We got a lot of good, good podcasts on there. So get on to bluelinehockeyclub.com for all those. And obviously you can check our Twitter and our Facebook for all of our new information that's coming out every week. And uh, get on there and share and like us on Twitter. And uh, until next week, folks, keep your stick on the ice. Tell ya! Bit up! Oh, doctor! Yeah. 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 Yeah.